the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What is it that makes grace, grace? That is what we will discuss here today on Abounding Grace, as our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner returns us to the book of 1 Timothy. Join us. Abounding Grace is next. Glorious grace. Oh, that word grace packs a wallop, doesn't it? But what is grace? And, you know, there's been acronyms of it, God's riches at Christ's expense. At the end of the day, it is God giving us what we don't deserve. And that is true grace. And what makes it true grace is the fact that it comes to someone such as us, worthless, totally worthless. For the details and the contrast, as we look at the glorious gospel of Christ, here's Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose with today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. Glorious grace and my worthlessness. God has been teaching us through the Apostle Paul in these first verses of the first chapter of First Timothy that there is no disharmony and no disagreement between his written law in the Bible and faithful preaching of his word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. No disharmony, no disagreement. They are, in fact, all in perfect agreement, perfect unity. Then in the last part of verse 11, Paul mentions the gospel. And he is so grateful for that gospel that he couldn't just stop with a mention. So he goes on in the next few verses and explains what that gospel is and how thankful he is for it. In fact, in verses 12 through 17, Paul is telling us and showing us through his own life how the Holy Spirit used the law of God to drive him to Christ and to the gospel for salvation. Remember there in verse 8 it says, We know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. It's not made for righteous people, but for the lawless, the rebellious, and the ungodly, and for sinners. That includes not only unsaved sinners, but it also includes believing sinners, because we are all still sinful to this very day. So the purpose of the law of God in our lives before we were Christians was to shut up all other ways of salvation and to show us that we can only get to God through Jesus Christ and that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. So Paul says, now the law by the power of the Holy Spirit has driven me to the gospel. And I praise the Lord for the gospel of grace because 
It has done two things for me. First of all, he says, it has made me an apostle of Jesus Christ. And second, it has saved me from my sins. So let's see what Paul says about the gospel. Look at verse 11. We didn't happen to get this verse to this verse last week, although I wanted to. But Paul refers to the gospel as the glorious gospel of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. I have been entrusted with that gospel to declare it and to preach it. And it is a glorious gospel, he says. The gospel, of course, means good news. It is good news filled with the glory of God. That is the ultimate purpose of the gospel. The ultimate purpose of the gospel is not to save you and me from hell. It is to glorify God in the salvation of his people. And it is the glorious gospel of the blessed God. Now what in the world does it mean to say God is blessed? We know what it means when we say God has blessed us. But in what sense is God blessed? Blessedness is one of his attributes. And we very seldom hear sermons on it much anymore because people don't believe that God is blessed. You see, they don't understand it and they don't believe it. But what that simply means is that God is perfectly happy in and of himself. He can't be any happier. Nor will he ever be any less happy. And there is nothing outside of him. That can possibly distract him from that happiness. Throughout all eternity. I like the verse in Acts 17 that says. You and I are of no benefit to God. There are two words you and I will never hear God say, thank you. Because all we have, he gives, and we have never benefited him in return. And because God is blessed, he is unchanging. And because he is unchanging, the gospel is unchanging. So whatever the gospel did to Paul in the first century, it does in people's lives to this day and will do until the very end of time. And its strength and power have never been diminished. So what does Paul say this gospel has done for him? Verse 12. As soon as he thinks about the gospel, the next thing he wants to do is praise God. It just stirs up within him gratitude. So that he says in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Paul says, I think about the gospel And I want to praise God. I'm so thankful for it because in that gospel, it tells me about Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah of God. Jesus means the one who saves. Our Lord means he is equal with God himself and is in fact God himself in human flesh. The king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And Paul says, 
Christ Jesus our Lord has made me a minister. He says in verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me in service. In other words, Christ has empowered me to carry out this ministry that he has called me to. And Paul finds it hard to believe that Christ considered him faithful. Me, a persecutor, a blasphemer, outrageous in the most negative sense of the word. Me, he considered me worthy to be called into his ministry. And of course, he's the one who has made me worthy. Paul says, he put me into service. Now that phrase, putting me into service, is a phrase that means destined to service. God destined him to service and gave him everything that causes that destiny to be fulfilled in his life. God called Paul and equipped him for all eternity to have a ministry of apostleship. To be the one who would declare and write the very word of God. And to preach that word. You see the word service there in the 12th verse underneath it in Greek. Is the word from which we get the word deacon. He is saying God has called me to be a deacon. Now not in the sense of church office. But in the sense of being a servant of the gospel and of the word of God. And to spend myself preaching and teaching and spreading that word. He, he just can't get over it. He says in verse 13, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. He's saying, God saved me, and he has called me to be a minister of the gospel, and I don't deserve this. Have you ever thought that? In another sense, have you ever been hurt or injured in some way or another, or had your feelings hurt, and you were so offended that you said, or at least thought, I don't deserve this. Sorry to say Yes, you did. You and I deserve a lot more. But Paul is saying this in reverse. I don't deserve what God's grace has made me to be. And that is a minister of the gospel. And then to equip me to preach that gospel powerfully toward the salvation of sinners and the sanctification of Christians. Now I'm going to go off on a little tangent today and talk about a particular subject that is dear to my heart for just a few minutes. And that is this. We have too many preachers today, too many ministers that have not been sent and called by Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is saying here. He says in verse 12, Jesus Christ has made me a minister. Jesus Christ has put me in that office. Jesus gave me all the gifts and abilities and strengths that I would need to fulfill that office effectively. In Romans 10, it says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
How shall you call upon him in whom you have not believed? And how shall you believe in him whom you have not heard? And how shall you hear him without a preacher? And how shall he preach unless he has been sent? That is the same thing Paul is saying here. Christ sent me. I did not make a preacher out of myself. No man made me a preacher. Christ called me and he equipped me to the ministry of the word of God. Now turn with me, if you will, to Jeremiah chapter 23. This describes, in my opinion, most preachers today, or at least a lot of them. This whole chapter is on false preachers, false ministers, and false prophets. It describes what the effects of false ministers are on a nation. It describes what the traits of false preachers are. And it describes the message of false preachers. I'm just going to read a few of these verses and make a few comments. This is the opposite of what Paul is saying in our text. Paul is saying that true ministers of the word of God are men whom Jesus Christ has sent, given an inescapable desire to preach the word of God, equip them to teach that gospel, and they are not self-made men. Let's start with verses 9 through 12 of Jeremiah 23. And here you'll see the national effects of false preachers. As for the prophet, prophets, my heart is broken within me. All my bones tremble. I have become like a drunken man, even like a man overcome with wine because of the Lord and because of his holy word. He says, I am shaken and I'm trembling like a drunken man, but not from wine. God has made me drunk with the gospel and has filled me with overwhelming joy and delight in being able to preach it. Verse 10, for the land is full of adulterers, for the land mourns because of the curse. The pastures of the wilderness have dried up. Their course also is evil, and their might is not right. For both prophet and priest are polluted. Even in my house I have found their wickedness, declares the Lord. Therefore their way will be like slippery paths to them. They will be driven away into the gloom and fall down into it. For I shall, for I shall bring calamity upon them. The year of their punishment, declares the Lord. Jeremiah says this land is full of adultery. And he doesn't mean just literal adultery. He means covenantal adultery. This land, this nation is unfaithful to their true husband who is the Lord God himself. And they attach themselves and marry themselves to other gods. And their preachers, they encourage it. What will happen when you have a nation that is guilty of covenantal adultery and full of false preachers who encourage it? The land dries up. 
It becomes barren. It mourns. Its curse is evil. Its prophets and priests and preachers are polluted. They show themselves and give themselves in adultery. Because how many famous preachers today, beloved, over the past decade have fallen in actual adultery? How many have fallen into false doctrine? How many have caved into the traditions and trends of our day, even some Calvinistic preachers? And they try to sneak them in the back door, fooling people and making them think they are preaching the truth when they are compromising the truth with air. Such airs as two-kingdom theology and the framework hypothesis and federal vision. And now he says in verses 12 through 15, here is what false preachers look like. Moreover, among the prophets of Samaria, I saw an offensive thing. They prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel astray. Also among the prophets of Jerusalem, I have seen horrible things. They are committing adultery and walking in falsehood. And they strengthen the hands of evildoers. Much like those preachers who justify the antics of Black Lives Matter and their godless Marxist ideals. So that no one has turned back from their wickedness. All them have come to me like Sodom and her inhabitants like Gomorrah. What was the distinguishing trait of Sodom and Gomorrah? It was a homosexual society. And the prophets of Israel were encouraging people to accept that homosexual culture just like so many preachers and denominations in America today. It says in verse 15, Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I am going to feed them wormwood, and make them drink poisonous water, for from the prophets and the preachers and the ministers of Jerusalem, pollution, moral, social, godless pollution has gone forth into all the land, thus says the Lord of hosts. In other words, quit listening to these preachers. Don't listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination. That is, they are coming up with their own messages. It's not from Scripture. The Lord says they're not from me. They're not from the mouth of the Lord. Verse 17. They keep saying to those who despise me, The Lord has said, You will have peace. Oh, don't worry about how you live. Everything's going to be okay. After all, this is Israel. After all, this is America. And as for everyone who walks in the stubbornness of his own heart, they say, calamity will not come upon you. The doctrines of hell, after all, is an old-fashioned doctrine. Oh, don't worry about it. What is the basic problem of these false preachers? Verse 18 They have not stood in the counsel of the Lord that he should see and hear his word. 
They have depended on their own imagination and what they learned in their seminaries and their graduate schools. And they have not gone to the word of God for their message. But who has stood in the counsel of the Lord that he should see and hear his words? Who has given heed to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord has gone forth in wrath, even a whirling tempest. What Israel experienced. Trust me, America can experience. If we don't get rid of most of these preachers. Behold, the storm of the Lord has gone forth in wrath, even a whirling tempest. It will swirl down on the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has performed and carried out the purpose of his heart. In the last days, you will clearly understand it. I did not send these prophets, but they ran. I did not speak to them, but they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have announced my words to my people and would have turned back them from their evil ways and from the evil of their deeds. And that, beloved, is what we must pray for. We must pray that God would remove most of these preachers from their pulpits because Christ did not send them. They send themselves. God said, I didn't speak to them, but they prophesied nevertheless. I didn't equip them. I didn't destine them for this. But they preached their own imagination anyway. So we must pray. That God removes all the false preachers from pulpit after pulpit. And that he would fill them with men who stand in the counsel of God. And who are not afraid to announce God's word to God's people. And call God's backslidden people to turn back from their evil ways. And from the evil of their deeds. Don't be afraid to say things like this my friends. Don't be afraid to pray like that. We don't need any of those false preachers whom Christ did not send. And how do we know Christ didn't send them? They don't preach his word. They preach their own imagination. So we pray, Lord, get rid of these false preachers and false ministers that you didn't send and replace them with godly men who are not afraid to preach your word, whom God has sent and whom Christ equips. Let's go back now to 1 Timothy. Paul says, I am one of those men. Here I was lawless, rebellious. I was a persecutor, a blasphemer, full of outrage and aggressions and oppression against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, do you not think the media... The governors and the mayors and certain presidential candidates today are seeking to unravel, unravel Christianity and make Christians who take seriously Christian morality look like bigots. Do you not think they are trying to undo America and destroy the Christian foundation this country is based upon and turn people away from the true way of life, the true gospel and a true biblical worldview? Now, I'd be glad to mention some of these names, but I know most of you, and you know who they are. 
Well, Paul was worse than them all. Paul was worse than Hillary. Paul was worse than Newsom. Paul was worse than all of those in the media. Paul killed Christians. He just didn't encourage people to kill them. He would round them up and he'd put them in prison where he knew they would be tortured and killed. He would have them stoned simply for being Christian. And Paul says, even me. If God can make me a minister of the Word of God, He can make anyone a minister of the Word of God if He wants to. And if God can save me, He can save anyone. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- 8665607 that's 4088665607 our website where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us is reformedheritage.org and then of course you can write to us at PMB that stands for post mailbox number 402 1484 Pollard Road Los Gatos California the zip code is 95032 Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.